All right, Gundam Maniacs, welcome to the Gundam Explained show. Um, it is July 6th, and you know, I haven't been able to hear it because I'm on the production side, but I try to make it where there was like music fading out as I came in. So I'll listen to it later and maybe give myself <laughs> a high working. five. Yeah, but uh, no, we got a cool show today. Um, you know, I'm of course your uh, your host, Adam Blue. With me, as always, is Stephen from Midnight Hatter. Stephen, how you doing? Hanging in there, buddy. How are you? Doing good. Actually, doing really good because it's weird. I feel like there's this weird energy because we've got another Adam here. And yeah, I mean, another Adam. It's like a Highlander situation, maybe. I don't know. But uh, I, uh, look, look. I go by Amac all the time. You can call me go. Mac. I think that's perfectly fine. Oh. Okay, good to know. Then, yeah, the energy is now, I guess, properly partitioned. Um, don't have to cut one of your heads off. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But no, Amac from Fetty Scum. How you doing, hello, man? Hello, hello. I'm doing great. Thanks no. for having me. Oh, no, yeah, thanks for being on. I think I was saying earlier, it gives my show a little bit more credibility. Uh, <laughs> you know, when I first was getting into Gundam, and this was like 2018, you know, because I first discovered it, and... I remember I was searching online, what are some cool resources online? People do shows, podcasts, and I came across Fetty Scum. And I was like, man, this must be a big deal if there's this like high production value, like ongoing like series. Uh, yeah. And I just thought that was crazy. You know? <laughs> well, the compliments, the compliments. Well, <laughs> well, hey, no, it's true. It's really cool. And so that kind of also, that helped me understand like that Gundam is a real thing, that people value it so much that like they will uh make it part of their lives in a big way and um i think that's all why we're all here so um yeah, i mean I, i'm ex super excited about today's show as well because you know being a fan of fetty scum for as long as i've been and you know everyone always when i started doing youtube and i'm like oh you know i'm gonna try and make make a uh 5e version of of a gundam rpg everyone's like oh is that is that what fetty scum uses and i was like no, <laughs> but uh, but but I appreciate you thinking that I created something that that they're using because they because because uh, Amax system is um, far more what's uh, sophisticated. No, no, no. But we'll probably dive I into. Have, I have people pop into my comments saying, "Oh, uh, hey, do you use Gundam 5e?" And I have to say, "Nope, I actually don't. Sadly, sorry." No, because you're more creative than that. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll probably dive into that a little more because I know Steven has, you know, you guys know everyone that joins Steven's show on Wednesdays with uh, with myself. Like, Steven is more in that realm of RPG, so I bet we'll get into some deep discussion here soon. Um, so, yeah, the majority of the show, we're going to just talk Gundam with AMAC um, and then maybe touch a little bit on some news of some cool Gundam reveals that happened recently, like with the shows and all that. And then maybe our takes on Witch for Mercury now that that's over with. So, um yeah, um, and then real quick, I wanted to make an announcement. I keep forgetting to do this. I'm actually going to be at the GalaxyCon in North Carolina at the end uh, of the month. So if anyone happens to be out there, hit me up, and I would love to meet up. I think there's going to be a few of us already meeting up. We might even go to the Hangar 18 hobby shop, too. So, um, yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I think that will be very cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, to start, so AMAC. Uh, I, I like that name, actually. Now, is <laughs> is Mac for Macross? No, it's my okay. uh, part of my last name, which oh, is falsely okay. assumed to be Macintosh. Oh, okay, okay, there you go. Um, well, no, that's cool. So, so these these are the questions I usually ask a guest when they're on. But how did you get into Gundam? When did that first happen? 
so it was uh, very early um, at school on the playground. My friends were uh, playing Gundam. Uh, they were oh. make-believing that they were mobile suits fighting each other and such. Um, I uh, did not have cable at the time, so I had no idea what they were talking about. Uh, so I was kind of left out until I bought a, a PS2 game uh, called Zionic oh. Front. Um, oh. Sadly, they were all watching Wing at the time and had no idea what I was talking about when I started <laughs> talking about my Gundam. Uh, That's so, pretty awesome. Uh, uh, we did some uh, exchanging of information, though, and uh, they all kind of turned into pretty diehard UC fans by the end of it, uh, which was which was nice to see. That that's actually pretty awesome. I would love to be on the playground and someone's <laughs> playing Gundam. I mean, uh, like right. I, when I was on the playground, I think it was when like Power Rangers first came out, but it was like right. I think I was in fifth grade, so like. I remember I was playing Power Rangers, and then someone's like, "Are you playing Power Rangers?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but then, like, we were playing Power Rangers later, and just wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. But um, so, did, did you get into the, the video games after that? Like, were you always playing the video games that came out? Uh yeah. Of- so uh, shortly after I played Zionic Front, and as a child, somehow beat it, because I revisited that game, like, not too long ago, and that game's kind of hard, uh, very, very. so I have no idea how I managed to get get through it as a kid, um, just some ungodly determination, um, but uh, Federation vs. Zeon was another one, and Encounters in Space, all PS2 titles oh, yeah. that I really loved. Some another friend had Journey to Jaburo. I didn't care for that one as much, nearly for obvious that reasons. That one's tough now, as an adult. <laughs> yeah, that one's tough. In fact, I I uh, played Encounters uh, Encounters in Space for the first time, and I thought that hel- uh, holds up. That was a it lot does. of fun. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what would you say is your favorite uh, game from that PS2 generation of Gundam games? Uh, game as a whole, um, I think Zionic Front. Now, in terms of specific parts that I enjoyed the most, uh, the ace story modes of Encounters in Space were really mm. cool. Because for a while, that was some of the only like deep dives you could do into like specific ace pilots, uh, as far as I knew as a Western fan. I was like, oh, I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> well, see, and we yeah, we never knew how good we had it you know, during those PS2 day- days where we would get all of these Gundam games that were localized into mm-hmm. English. But, you know, now... You're hard pressed to find any English nothing, Gundam nothing. game. Yeah, that's interesting because I, the only Gundam game I played, and it just I just realized it a few years ago that it was Gundam was the Rise from the Ashes on Dreamcast. Like I, because mm. I like mechs, and so I was like, oh, cool, a mech game on Dreamcast. And by then, most Dreamcast games didn't have the jank that would still be found in the PlayStation era. Like Dreamcast was a very refined system for some reason. Um, and so it was easy for me to get into when I've been playing it recently and it holds up, but yeah, it's weird how I'll go back and revisit these or not even revisit. I'd visit these old PlayStation games and never played and it's hit or miss. Like the ones that seem janky or it's more of, I think they're just hard and they're purposely punishing and it's wanting you to take your time. And I think there's something cool about that, that is missing today in a way. And and yeah, there's like that Missing Link game that came out on PS3 that didn't even get released in the US, but it's a mm-hmm. badass game. Um, 
Did you happen to play? Did you happen to play imported games? Were you I, getting I, that uh, deep? I've I've imported a few of the Super Robot Wars and things oh. like that. Okay. Um, but that's more recently. Yeah. Um, I've also played a little bit of Gear and Street horribly. I might add. Is that a good one? Because I keep um, hearing about it, but <laughs> it, it's it's a hmm. How to describe Gear and Street? Oh, Everyone man, has a controversial take. <laughs> oh, it is. Everyone has an idea of what Garen's Greed is. And I guarantee you when you play it, that is not what Garen's Greed is. <laughs> Interesting. Everyone's opinion is very, very much informed by these old threads where someone would play Garen's Greed and in let people in the thread choose options uh when really it was basically just text role play and they were just oh. kind of following a rough guide and probably not playing the game um oh. goes back so, to that gundam disinformation that you and i talked about yeah um the actual game is it's okay it's fun um it's not as free form as you would think it is in a lot of ways um and it's a. Uh, really lacking on a lot of quality of life stuff you're going to be doing a lot of clicking and moving units around one at a time for lots and lots and lots of units and then spending entire turns just moving forces across the map with no conflict wow <laughs> in some ways that sounds fun but not because there's sometimes with games i love like the kind of punishing approach in a way to kind of like make because it, it then feels rewarding, you know, and sometimes it's hard to really, I think I learned that from playing Souls games. Like, I, I didn't realize how much I love a game that is punishing, but then there's that, that, um, yeah, rewarding feeling near the end. But again, like you said, is it really punishing or the quality of life punishing? It might be a little different. Right. Yeah. It's just intentionally difficult for the sake of, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, see, it's supposed to be punishing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. Um. So, did you get into the Gumpla early on at all, or at all? Um, Gumpla was a bit later, uh, high school, college. Um, wasn't into it much when I was younger. Uh, but yeah, no, I built Gumpla on occasion. I mostly paint 40k miniatures. Oh. So I, liked, I, I really like painting. So. Yeah, there is something, and, and Steven's taught me this, uh, there's something fun about painting minis, like, yeah. as opposed to... In, in so there's these mobile suit ensemble uh, that I've yeah, been picking yeah. up, and they are like Gumpla because there's a lot of elements on them that are not detailed or painted, and I love going in there and adding the details or something to that because I think I'm getting to the point where I realize there's only so many Gumpla I can build to where it's <laughs> like there's no room, there's <laughs> there's just no room. I mean, do you come across that where you're just like, well, there's no place I could put this? Oh, as you can see, I have plenty of room to put things i i suppose i love the garma portrait by the way oh oh yeah my very small modest garma portrait (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing was that custom uh yes that was a commission from uh moldy artichoke on twitter or uh moldy mold on tumblr i think okay that's uh that's pretty cool and i see you have some manga back there too am i I seeing that correctly i have like or hold on, I can't see. I have Origin up here on the top, and then some other ones over there. 
That's cool. And Legend of the Galactic Heroes stuff over there. Now, oh. be honest. Were you as disappointed as I was when the origin uh, spines didn't create some kind of... Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, was I was. was very frustrating. Because <laughs> it looked like they were. And... Right. There was... <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, a you know, speaking there. Yeah, speaking of Legends of Galactic Heroes, like I remember I, you know, after so once I got into Gundam, I realized okay, then I can like anime. And so I watched <laughs> things like it's it's mainly the 80s stuff for some reason, uh, like especially the more mature themed stuff. Um, you know, I, there's like I can't even think off the top of my head. I forget them half the time. But like uh, Maddox, I think was one um Demon City, Shinjuku, or something like that, and then Wicked City, and then Lily Cat. There's all these like kind of horror, but then I started really getting into because again, I'm like the mecha anime. Um, are, are there any other mecha anime that you really like? Well, Legend of Galactic Heroes isn't mecha, but right. it is. It's Gundam a sci-fi. It's like everyone, very similar. Yeah. Everyone treats it as the the Gundam the Gundam graduation course so once you're done with gundam you move on to that oh, well, uh, I, I don't know right if that's a, i don't know if that's a fair treatment of it hey, or not that happened to me it. organically and even though i watched the 80s one for a little bit i saw that there was a modern one so then i just jumped to that and but loved it like to me that's like top tier hard sci-fi like oh dnt uh you mean the, the, the Dino thesis. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one that has like the German subtitle. Yeah, I was watching it. it I, it's either Funimation or Crunchyroll where the, it was like mm -hmm. it would come out and then the dub would come out after that. So I was always waiting for the dub just because when I'm reading, as much as I feel like my old like cinema days when I was like an artsy cinema freak, I would only, if it had subtitles, it was no, no dub. It would have to be subtitles. But now Superior. it's like I love... I like, especially with anime, the dubs, so I can watch the animation. Cause, yeah, because you miss a lot if you're not, yeah. you know, paying attention to what's happening. So it's a... Uh... Legend of the Galactic Heroes also gives you a lot of info. Yes. Um, anyways, to answer your question about other mecha anime... Yeah. Um, I, I... Bodums. Um, yeah. Or Bottoms, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've always just read it. I've never said it out loud. Right, I, I always say Votoms, but then I'm like, you know, do I sound like Char saying Tetons? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask you about Votoms or Votoms. I started it, and after the first few episodes, I was just like, eh, and then just kind of moved on. Does it get better, or is that just it? Uh, I mean, I would say get better. It gets better, yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll continue. It, it, it's worth it's worth hanging in there for. Okay, especially good. Especially for some of their later stuff, but um, sadly, it's a it's kind of an unloved franchise nowadays. Hmm. Yeah. What are, yeah, what are some others? Slow burns. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, like, for instance, I'll add real quick. I watched the Starship Troopers anime. That yeah, that inspired made. a lot of people to do different things. Yeah, and it's like, own. it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't bad. It was more very intriguing in terms of, yeah, the different things it was showing and doing. Um, And then there's... Um, this other one, yeah, the one that Steven told me about, like, Vifam. Vifam? Yeah. That is really good. I don't know. Have you seen Vifam? I have not, no. Yeah, that one was hard to track down because I would never see it anywhere until he pointed it out to me. And it is, uh, uh, Tomino written, and it's just mm -hmm. like a Gundam thing. Like, it, it, where at the beginning, there's just violence everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Now the, the art right. style is a little closer to like you know your kind of Astro Boy style, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, more youth appeal than than a Gundam, but yeah, but it's really good. Or any other anime in general that you like it doesn't have to be Mecha or anything. Oh, uh, Monsters a really good one. Solid recommend from there. Um, Berserk nineteen ninety seven version. That's a really oh. solid one. Yeah. Uh, you don't like the CG one. <laughs> <laughs> the movie, the movies are okay. They're fine. The 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 2016 Berserk didn't happen. Didn't doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, my it's funny. My brother is a big fan of Berserk, and I can't even get him into Gundam. I've been trying, and but I think he, he's just more into like the horror stuff. Which Berserk on its own, it, 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 whether it's anime or not, is actually pretty awesome. Like I watched that. I guess 97. You said I don't know what one I watched. He just gave me a playlist. And I watched it, and I was like, wow, that's really good. If he has any kind of taste, it was the 1997 version. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I, it must be because he's even been buying all the, the, I don't know if they're new or what, the big black hardcover. Uh, yeah, they're relatively new, the little uh, collection oh. omnibuses, yeah. Is that what it, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's something, it, it, there's so much really to get into when I'm still trying to just get into Gundam. And then there's all these other side animes I'll watch every once in a while. Um but then what got you to start doing the uh, podcast, the Fetty Scum stuff? Uh, so I was working as an applications developer uh, for, for unmentionable companies. Okay. Um, and I was very bored at my day job. And so I started listening to podcasts. And yeah. I came across a few uh, actual plays, most noteworthy uh, being The Adventure Zone, who had a big first arc playing... D&D, 5e, um, and kind of doing, uh, you know, uh, they, they largely are credited with popularizing actual plays big time, uh, right before Critical Role kind of took off. Um, so I enjoyed listening to them, and I told my friend Dallas, who we've done projects before in the past, um, you know, uh, hey, you should listen to this. It's very interesting. Uh, he listened to it and came back to me with like, hey, we should do something like this. Uh, and I was like, as the forever GM of my group, hesitant <laughs> to agree. <laughs> um, but I had uh, recently rebegun my hyperfixation on Gundam. I've re- reactivated those brain worms. Uh, and so I was like, I'll do it if it's Gundam. Uh, and oh. so that's basically how it started. <laughs> wow. Uh, we did like three or four episodes, started to release them, caught up to our backlog really quickly, and uh, weekly recordings from the beginning of season one onward almost. Yeah, and, and it was a so that's very fun, thing, fun experience. Oh, that's pretty cool, because one thing when it comes to wanting to make content is like being able to instill within yourself the dedication to continue to do it, because it's very easy when you're making content to sometimes fall out of it even though you really want to, and there's got to be that motivation. Is there anything in particular that kept you to keep doing it? Was it your friends? Uh, Mostly friends. Honestly, when you're working with friends, it makes it very easy to kind of keep working and uh, keep being creative together on something. If you get burned out, just talking with friends about what you want to do in the future is a very good motivator, at least for me personally. Okay. Um, but also, you know, loving the source material, like original Gundam is so near and dear to my heart. I love 0079 so much. <laughs> um, 
so it, it's uh it was a big driving factor as well yeah um it so when did you first see 0079 because i guess you played you didn't have cable and but you played the games so i played the games and shortly thereafter i'm not sure how many years but i was able to get uh the dvd release of the the movies that still had the english dub on them i think it was a blue box set um kind of shiny um i listened to those and i was like why don't these sound like the games because i wasn't aware that the tsunami show existed which is where they pulled all the fucking uh lines from (laughs) omaro getting the gundam (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting how that was a a dub that i guess bandai after they commissioned that they decided no no no, we need to redo the dub and so like that old stuff is now public domain which is is pretty Mm -hmm. amazing to think but um wild so yeah you said okay so dvd and then but that's pretty cool though so you watch it and then you real like and that's what i think is funny with me i'm you know in 2018 i'm like oh let's watch 0079 and i'm like whoa this is amazing for someone that doesn't care for anime like what do you think are some of the qualities that just makes it wor- timeless almost? Oh, so there's quite a few things that the original series does well. The movie, a little bit less so because they yeah. cut out, out a lot of the small right. things. Because uh, the TV series has a lot of time to breathe. Yeah. Um, and so you get a very good characterization from all the characters. You have small little things that are just shown here and there that help the world building so much. Um you have um what's another thing that i would say is very unique to it and just to give you ideas i'd say like for instance it's like the the way the characters are reacting to the world it's almost like i could relate to how people are responding sometimes if their initial reaction is a little mean even if that's not right but it's because of what they're thrust into and how sometimes what gundam you see gundam does really well is the non-speaking where it's action that almost tells the story because it's like real life. Sometimes we don't express ourselves. Yeah. It's got, it's got like a cinematic feel sometimes when you get a close up of a character's face and see them just kind of reacting to something. But um, yeah. And you know, to add on to that, I would say the interactions with what you might consider the NPC characters. Um, oh yeah. You know, I, I always go back to that interaction in the fourth episode between Amaro and the older older gentleman that like is with his grandson Mm -hmm. and there's so much world building just in that conversation and you get this characterization for a character that's only there for 10 seconds but you know you would never get that from probably even most live action shows yeah a, a lot of care into like individual scenes and also um kind of how you were talking about letting action speak uh, a lot of tomanoisms where people trip and they fumble and they're a little awkward here and there yeah it really goes a long way yeah and would you say that that makes it like kind of one of the ideal sandboxes to play in when you're creating and crafting your own story you know within that universe well 79 was right for that because there had been so much 79 content the one-year war has been vastly explored and so uh, i had i had a lot to pull and choose from for the actual play yeah it is it is pretty crazy how much we get of 0079 but okay so then did you happen to then catch zeta after you first saw 79 yeah once i figured out that i could um you know just buy dvds 
I, I, I quickly consumed a lot after that. Oh, as, okay. as things became available, I, I uh, pretty much bought them as soon as I could. Yeah, curious. What your... Was your oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, what was your like primary shop? I, Adam and I tend to date ourselves a lot when I when I talk about like, oh well, I you know used to go to Sam Goody and buy my oh. Gundam DVDs. <laughs> you know, what was your like? <laughs> God, I can't even remember the name of the website. I think it had an orange color scheme. <laughs> oh, was it where like you wouldn't find them in stores, so you would have to go online? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know for me, even though, yeah, I wasn't into anime, it was, I was really into Asian cinema back in the day. Like, so I would go, there was a website called aznfilms.com and I would import like all these random, uh, you know, the guy, oh, I forget. I, it's been so long. There's this director that made the movie Versus. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the movie Versus. It was like Evil Dead 2, but Japanese. And it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was in the forest and they had katanas. He went on to make some other interesting uh, films, but... Um, yeah, that was, that was an interesting thing because a part of wanting to get into Gundam, especially depending on what time, uh, in the timeline it is, is like, where do you go to find that? Because that's part of what I'm trying to do with this channel is just kind of expose people to more of like, here's all this Gundam yeah. stuff that's out there. Like, go get it. Here's how you get it. You know? Um, yeah. A, a lot of us grew up in an age where it was like, you know, finding Gundam stuff was almost like a quest. You know, you had to find like the obscure <laughs> anime shop, um, yeah. And and I think that's why I never really discovered Gundam. I mean, it, part of it was all the anime that was pushed in my face when I was younger was like Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z. So I had no idea that an anime could be as mature. It, it, and it's funny. It's it's like in the West, how cartoons are looked at compared to uh, other countries. Like for me, a cartoon is supposed to skew more younger, be a little goofier, unrealistic. But that's not the case it's just a medium to tell a story at the end of the day and um uh with um yeah so i was really into star wars that was like my main thing but it was like getting into gundam i realized wow this is just a more mature star wars a more thoughtful star wars uh really um i yeah. uh I'm I'm not a Star Wars guy. Uh, I heard that there was one movie that they made, maybe a sequel that was really good. Um, oh. <laughs> they didn't make any more after that. No, and, it, and it's funny because something I've learned with uh, Gundam is, you know, one, not to take continuity seriously. It's almost like ingrained into Japanese culture. It's like, yeah, it's there can good, be differences and it's okay. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a good lesson to learn with Gundam because a lot of yeah. people get very frustrated over things that ultimately don't matter too much um yeah yeah uh, uh, continuity does add a quality to a work it adds kind of your ability to kind of have a larger understanding of a of a universe mm -hmm. but um generally when you have multiple creators like contributing to a work it's going to be inevitable that they're going to step on each other from time to time yeah and, and typically they will retcon a continuity error to make it how it made sense like war in the pocket did that with like the kai designs of the gms and then sometimes a way that I was reading this interview, it was translated, but they were explaining how sometimes little story beats that might contradict a story beat in another show, that's just more of the that representation of that myth, uh, if you will, because it's the story and it's not like, oh, hard and fast, like these are the facts, you know, and and it's almost like that lesson of trying to be less on social media or have to argue with everyone. You don't have to have 
canon always be 100% accurate because you're just going to it's you're going to do it to yourself like you're just going to make yourself go crazy and and you know i think that we've talked about that before is you know the idea of coming from a culture of like an oral tradition you know you're oh. not going to get the same story beats 100% right from each retelling which ties in i think perfectly to the idea of an actual play or any kind of type of tabletop rpg um i'm sure that amac you can relate to this where you as the dm gm have a an idea of how things transpired during a particular mm -hmm. session but your players might think something was completely different from the way that you explained it oh absolutely uh there have been times where uh you know 20 episodes down the line i bring up something and no one remembers it or conversely my players are like yo yeah this happened and i'm like did that happen did that happen like oh. that I, I don't remember that <laughs> Um, and, and so, uh, you know, there are even inconsistencies within your own work, especially when you're doing like a weekly show Yeah, and that, that is very dynamic and has to, you know, it can never be truly written. You don't, you learn very quick as a, as a DM, you cannot like write everything out. You, you can, you can write the, the broad points of things and, you know, mm -hmm. how dilemmas that the player will have to face and different outcome possibilities. Um, but you can't really choose which ones you want them to go for. And also, you know, you might think of four or five different possibilities uh, for a dilemma that you make the players answer. And the players go with something that you just absolutely were not able to foresee. It happens Option all seven. the time. Yeah. Do you have any, do you, I know this is on the spot. Do you happen to have any good examples? Oh, man. God. So, uh, so pe people ask me, uh, a lot about uh i don't want to say a spoiler shit shit <laughs> sorry can i say shit I don't yeah know. it's okay i think after like <laughs> a minute or two minutes, right? yeah it's something like that where <laughs> i hope so because i said fuck earlier no nah, it's okay yeah. okay um so uh i don't want to say any major spoilers but people yeah. often assume that we didn't plan a major character death when absolutely we planned it like the, the the player was like i'm tired of playing this character i want to kind of send him out to pasture i want to play a new character i think it'll be dramatic and so we kind of workshop together you know okay just i'm gonna put you in a situation don't try too hard to get out of it oh um, now that's cool. no one else was in on it oh even cooler other players tried to tried their damnedest to get in the way <laughs> wow um, yeah. and so that that's an example um i won't go into super specifics yeah no i mean I, and you know what's funny is like so you know uh, what i really appreciate about fetty scum is that you guys are an actual play um a, a lot of people will talk about critical role and they bring that up on my discord server and i'm like yeah but that is it's scripted at this point like you know they they may not they may rely on dice rolls for some things, but like they have a story beat in mind that it's like we need to hit this mark by the end of the episode every yeah, week. Yeah, they uh, um, they're very dedicated to telling a narrative in, in yeah. a cinematic way. Exactly. Um, so uh, similarly, I had that experience when I was recording you know, my first playthrough with, with G5E is it's like one character was like, hey, I really want my character to die. And same thing. It was like uh, no, um, I, I need you to roll, you know, a, an acrobatics check to see if you can get to him. And it's like, you, you know, they rolled like an 18 or something. It like, <laughs> still fails. Still fails. No, he didn't make it. Sorry, he's dead. Like, 
Wow. So that's interesting for me because I'm not too familiar with, I guess. So there is kind of a difference between the traditional tabletop using Dungeons and Dragons rules and the way Fetty Scum is sort of playing it out to where, yeah, there is a gamification, but also what is it where you'll want to introduce story elements for the well, sake of making it interesting? Honestly, um, in a situation like that where a player is tired of playing their character, and if they came to me, and this is outside of recording, let's say this is me playing my Call of Cthulhu game that I run at work mm. for my baristas or, or oh. uh, some other game. Uh, if someone comes to me and is like, I'm tired of playing my character, I want them to die, um, I will just be like, oh, okay, cool, I'll use that. Um, and mm. I will use that in an interesting way because, you know, you, it is a cooperative experience. You want your players to be having fun. And if they don't want to play a character anymore, then, uh, you know, you should help them write it off. But by uh, definition, they would not be having fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you, um, you know, at table or at recording, my reaction would have been the same. Now, obviously, because it's a show, I, there's a lot more pressure to have it be very, you know, satisfying. And so... We were like, ooh, I gotta, I gotta make sure this is one's airtight, baby. Well, do you, when you're done recording, are you editing a lot? Like, sometimes you're like, oh, well, let's take this section out because it, it seems a little awkward for the story. Oh, so, now, Fetty Scum is different than a lot of other actual plays. A lot of actual plays, 90% of them, sadly, when you come across them. I say yeah. sadly, it's more of a taste thing. Um... Uh, me and Dallas were kind of doing market research. I guess you could call it that. We were lazing around listening to uh, actual plays. Um, and we, we noticed that a lot of the newer ones or the debut ones would um, record a room. They would have bad sound. So one of our first commitments were like, let's have good sound. Um, yeah. Make sure we have good sound. Um, but they would record a room. And then like if someone had a bathroom break or something like that, they would just keep it going. They wouldn't go back and edit it. You just have five minutes of silence um things like that where it's just like you can't do that yeah. no uh so dallas's commitment of what he found interesting and as an editor and his part of that agreement when he was like hey do an actual play and i was like make it gundam and i'll do it and he, his thing's like ah oh, well let's kind of bridge the gap between audio drama and actual play so i can play around with foley and play around with music and you know uh do you know if, if someone let's say says a very cool line and they flub it you know they mess it up we re-record it we put it in there, so it actually is delivered correctly um yeah we're nice uh, except that's for cool. me if i stumble over my words he leaves that in there that's funny <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's actually pretty neat you know because i've never understood really the behind the scenes of that because there's so many layers to this it's a game it's a, it's a production that you know people are seeing at the end of the day yeah that's uh uh, that's really interesting. And so uh, right now in the description, I have the links to the website and the uh, the Twitter. And really, if you're watching this, you can right click open a new window so you can still be here. And uh, on the website, I think it's all the options for wherever someone would want to listen. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah we, we, we have all different listening options. Podcasts just kind of push it everywhere. So, yeah, uh, it's pretty easy. So, yeah. um and then for, for the UC content, there's only really one place to start. Um, well, two now. We have a we did a uh, a collection, a compilation of like our first uh, 15 or so episodes, um, kind of uh, re-recorded lines, brought it up to a higher quality standard that we have now in terms of that, and made it go through those arcs in basically two episodes instead of it being 15. 
uh, to help with the pacing and effectively onboard you as a fan a bit quicker without going through what oh, we that's consider cool. kind of the, the weaker part of the show where we were still figuring things out as you know a new a new podcast who didn't quite know what we were doing <laughs> uh, and even just as a new tabletop group i mean that's something that i think a lot of people will run into where it's like even when you just pick up a new game people are still kind of okay cinderella <laughs> um, <laughs> People will kind of still be feeling out their characters and, you know, they're not quite in the in the zone, so to speak. So it's a it's a very good idea to kind of, like you said, revisit and um, and kind of polish it up. So now you did say that uh, the one year war was probably has like tons and tons of rich content and, you know, has a has a good foundation for you to build out a story upon. So would you say that, you know, since you are now in, well into Zeta, the Zeta era, you know, my favorite era, would you say that you're kind of struggling to come up with content? Or do you think that you're kind of, because you have such a backlog through going through, you know, the Stardust memory arc and everything that you kind of have enough of a foundation to build up off of, you know, on your own? Uh, I have enough foundation, I believe, and I gave myself a little bit of breathing room. We're starting Zeta in kind of the advance of Zeta era, and uh, we're going to be exploring some things that neither advance of Zeta or Zeta kind of explored that were kind of left, uh, you know, unsampled by any of that content, uh, such as like early beginnings of Karaba early conflicts mm. and the growth of AU, things like that, without you know, going into spoilers. But we, we have a wealth of characters that we've created for both the original 79-episode run of the One Year War, uh, our Stardust Memory season, which was uh, only like 20 episodes. Uh, we, we have a wealth of characters and backstory to kind of explore on our own uh, as well. Who, who does the naming of the characters? Oh, uh, the characters, uh, the player characters are all by them. So the players come up with their own characters. Um, it's pretty good. And their own characters' names. They... I come up with the NPC names. Okay. Uh, but also, if if I see that my Discord is very generous, and anytime they come up with a good Gundam name, they make sure to tell me. Uh, and so sometimes I use Gundam names from the Discord. What was the name of the, the Quattro Light guy? Uh, Cinco Venus. Yeah, that's, I loved that. <laughs> yeah, that, one's, uh, that, that, that one's all Zach. <laughs> I love it. I saw that and I was like, oh, that's perfect. So there's a little bit of uh, humor to it where like Gundam fans would understand. Oh, yeah. it's primarily a humorous podcast. Uh, and that's good. we have a uh, very sophisticated, highbrow sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. Well, that's cool. Well, share drama there too, but um, right, most yeah. people listen to us because of a funny Gundam show. Yeah, and well, I, you know, it's it's easier to make someone cry if you make them laugh first. So that's oh. I think that humor is a humor is a very powerful tool. So I I appreciate what you do. Yeah, Stephen knows his stuff when it comes to that. Um, but that's cool. Anything else you want to add for Fetty Scum or maybe a call of action to anybody? Uh, um, that's listening. Well, uh, if you haven't listened just go to the website fetty-scum.com and on there there's a listen tab you can go and listen to our origin episode recaps and start your journey there uh if you listen to our one-year war season uh we have a 0083 season now uh that's a short fun little conspiracy set during operation stardust and then also 
we now have just began our Zeta season. We're going back to the old model of uh, releasing bonus episodes uh, on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash deadsetmedia. Um, uh, so earlier in uh, the end of uh, our season one and our season two, we did a Patreon exclusive season of G Gundam, uh, where oh. we uh, uh, set on in, in the 20th Gundam fight American preliminaries, uh, and it was just an entire exclusive season. Uh, we've now made that public as well, so you can find that on the normal RSS feed. And we're going back to the old model of every month we will release one or two bonus episodes that will be set in the continuity that we're currently releasing. So all these oh. current bonus episodes are going to be uh, rel uh, relating to Zeta Gundam. And are they side stuff so you like you don't need it necessarily, uh, but it adds to it? We try not to make any of it like required information, but we likely reference it because uh, how I learned to use it in the first season effectively and how I am definitely approaching it this season is uh, when you have characters who are improving together, you know, players that are improving together, new characters, um, you have to figure out uh, independent player dynamics with each other, you know. Uh, how a how characters a and b treat each other how characters c and d treat each other um outside of the group setting and so the bonus episodes are going to focus on two or three characters in different group orientations than they normally are in to establish mm. different dynamics that's and neat help them flesh out their characters in different ways so uh it's as much for the players themselves as it is for the listeners yeah yeah, it reminds me of like watching a sitcom and then they have two characters that normally don't interact like stuck somewhere and then they have mm -hmm. to interact and create and that could dictate like an isolated uh, yeah. event. It so if if someone was to join the Patreon would they would have access to like the back catalog? Oh, the the entire backlog of all our bonus episodes for season 1 oh, along sweet. with any other bonus content we have. We usually do early releases of episodes, uh one if not two weeks early depending on our editing schedule. Uh we also have another podcast that we release called Stress Test which is a different RPG system every every week unless it's a two-parter or a three-parter and we just uh as a group of unruly players play that system and try to break it basically well, that's awesome <laughs> and then i see someone in chat is saying in an access to discord server also oh yes of course you get access to the discord server oh that's cool i, don't, I uh i don't think about the discord a lot it's a it's a it's a natural extension of myself i know it's my it's, that it's, has it's, become it's my baby but uh I yeah love it's it. weird how that works well, cool. No, thanks for yeah that information. I think this is awesome for anyone that's like wanting to get into Gundam and like just get some more story stuff. And yeah, I mean, honestly, when people say like, "Hey, what what should I watch or listen to to start to get into Gundam?" It's like, well, Fetty Scum podcast, obviously, because that's a that's a contained invention. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, I we've had two or three people tell us that we were their start into Gundam, and it blows oh, that's cool. my mind. Blows my mind. It feels like, good. Okay, interesting. <laughs> Oh, cool. Um, well, yeah, you know, speaking of other uh, stories, um, you know, real quick to move on to a little bit of news. Curious on your take on this. So uh, Anime Expo was this past weekend and they announced that new Rec Room for Vengeance, which that looks badass to me. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that? Um, the designs look um, OK enough, in my opinion. Uh, some people were being pretty harsh on the suit designs yeah. and the normal <laughs> suit design. Um, they're 
kind of generic. They're not going for that retro aesthetic that everyone wants right. from Gundam. So there are issues taken with that. But uh, my main recommendation is if you've watched MS Igloo, oh, be yeah. ex- as excited for this as you are if someone was like, hey, you want to watch MS Igloo? And that's going <laughs> to vary from person to person because some people really like MS Igloo and other people don't. Yeah, I, I, I have a feeling that this forecast is going to be about the same for this new one. Yeah, you know, in fact, sure, like the reason true. I like MS Igloo, it's, it's almost like an extension or the visual representation of a Wikipedia article of some background information. Like, other than that Angel of Death thing, which they could have done without, the, I liked the, or Lady of Death, I forget what the name was, but I, I just like how they go into details of things that kind of don't matter, but for those that like that lore stuff. So I'm actually hoping that's what this does. It's... And, yeah, like I, mean, I said, if you if that's what you're looking for, I think you'll probably be pretty happy with it. That's yeah. just my guess. It's way yeah. too early to find exactly. It's, it's, it's it's mobile suit designs. It's like you know, if you're offended by this kind of modernization of the designs, but you weren't offended by like I don't know Bayverse Transformers, oh. then I have to question <laughs> your sanity because like at least the zaku looks like a zaku we're not talking about like you know optimus prime being a completely different type of truck mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh but then also they announced the seed movie that i think people have been waiting for forever now i sort of like seed i i don't like the original seed show but the destiny i was surprised about um it's not at the top of my list of gundam but it's higher than Witch for Mercury. What are your thoughts on the that Seed movie? Or do you like Seed at all? I do not like Seed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've had a few friends try to get me into it. Um, it's different. So I, we are not going to get Orb Scum, is what you're telling me. <laughs> you are not going to get Orb Scum, no. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I do not care for Seed. Uh, yeah, it is. it's just it's different than you see. Like, it's one of those things where... On my Twitter recently, like, we posted, like, what do you recommend someone to get into Gundam? And I think there's not one answer because oh, there's, yeah. the Gundam is so big. There's so many different things that people could take from it and like, you know. And for me, it, what Destiny did was add more of that UC-ness, especially the first half, where they had that angsty kind of younger pilot that had his own ideals. And then, like, going against, I like the politicalness of, like, the... uh industrial military industrial complex you know i kind of liked that that was the central theme but then it kind of went into the the kira stuff which i don't care for uh and and then that was the rest of it the one thing i did like about destiny though is it seemed to unless i didn't i've only seen the first macross series but i like how they took that like idol uh singer and kind of like politicized it where they had like the clone not really a clone but someone that looked like her to try to yeah keep the the military going Whereas it really, in reality, she was like she escaped and had her own. I don't know. I find that a very interesting because I could see that happening in the real world where we look up to a celebrity so much that we'll listen to anything they say. And that could be used by a military or an organization to put forward some stuff. So but I don't know what to expect from freedom. It can be trash. and I'll be like, OK. You know? I hope the seed fans uh, eat a very nice dinner and enjoy it very much. Yeah, that's a good positive way to put it. I like it. But yeah, going then uh, toward yeah other stuff that's different. Which for Mercury? Have you been following it as it's been released? Oh yeah, I've been following yeah. it as it released. Um, and, and what are your thoughts on it in general? 
So um, on a week-to-week basis, I really enjoyed watching it. But yep. um, so that that experience was top tier. Just cool. talking about it, the theory crafting, all that stuff. Oh, always yeah. very fun for me. I always enjoyed the, those parts of airing shows and shows that kind of cultivate that kind of culture following it and talking about it. And they did a really yeah. good job with that. Um, my fear as it got closer and closer to the end was that they're not going to be able to wrap it up in a satisfying way. Yeah. And, you know, Gundam bungles endings fairly regularly. So I was uh, uh, expecting not a not a great ending. Um, got a mediocre ending, in my opinion. It's not horrible. Yeah. It's not great. It's okay. Um, not as bad as it could have been. They could have messed it up far worse. Um, yeah, it was like very inoffensive. It was safe. Yeah, you know, uh, so I think overall, looking back, without a rewatch, obviously, I would need to probably rewatch to get a more solid opinion on it. Overall, like a 7.5, but I feel like the ending brings it down to like a 6. It's out of 10. Yeah, it, you know, it was funny for me because it was the first time that I was... Oh, man, there's a lot of commotion going on. Sorry about that. But there was. Um, it was the first time that I was regularly following a Gundam show as it was released because I had just gotten a Gundam. And I was like... This would be fun to do on my channel. And it and it, it was actually exciting because it was like, okay, what's this episode going to be about? And I'll do a reaction on it. And because I don't really watch anime, I, like, I felt like my reaction would be pretty interesting because it, it was starting where it was doing that slice of life, high school. And I was like, well, that's not what I would watch. But as it started trying to be more Gundam, I realized, wait a minute, I was more interested in like the story of the characters for the first time ever in, in <laughs> you know, watching something. And it, because the Gundam aspects to me were very surface level. I mean, the designs of the suits were cool, but there was no depth to like motivation or reasoning. And I think the one thing I think that really, by the end of it, that really cemented that thought was how Prospera was just living her a good life when she like caused all this like murder and massacre and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, so, yeah, that I'm going to do a, a proper review video on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, hey, Mac, you brought up a good point because, you know, there is a culture around something that's being released live that, yeah. you know, you have to wait a week in order to catch the next episode. Um, and I think that, Adam, you'd probably agree with this, that we've we've come across people that are just getting into Gundam that basically binge an entire season in like two days. Yeah. You know, and then they don't appreciate it because they were just trying to get through it, you know? Yes. And I think that there's, we're part of like this Netflix generation of people that like consume content because they just can't stop consuming it. I think that, you know, I think you use the phrase, give it time to breathe. I think that, you know, watching something on a week to week basis gives it time to breathe gives you time to come up with fan theories and speculate about things yeah. and be i don't know be entranced and more enthralled in what you're what you're watching instead of um instead of just trying to like rush to the ending one of the the best examples i think in like core uc gundam of this effect that you're talking about that i've observed is um i when went, went back and binged zeta and zeta as a binging spree is not nearly as enjoyable as Zeta as a day-to-day kind of thing, because it has a lot of soap opera beats. There's a lot of day-to-day drama of like, I wonder, I wonder what 
Quattro is going to think about this? What will he do? What will Rakoa say? You know, that, that, yeah. that there's a lot of good, like, juicy soap opera bits from episode to episode that you kind of need to let linger for Zeta's middle not to be painful. As a binge, I feel like Zeta's middle hurts. Yeah, I, experience. you know, and it's funny because I, there's a lot of interesting stuff here because when it comes to Netflix and binging shows, that's kind of like what people like to do. In fact, between my wife and I, one of our biggest things is after two episodes of something, I'm like, okay, let's stop for today. Let, and she's like, no, 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 we got to finish it. And I'm like, no, let's stop because <laughs> I can't like I, sometimes I'm mentally wanting to take it in. I'm wanting it to kind of mm-hmm. sit in my mind and like think about it and think of little things maybe I didn't catch and. So when I was going through Gundam since 2018, and I still haven't finished all of the shows yet. Um, mainly, I've gone through all UC except for um, uh, Turn A, if you count that. You know, I kind of do. But um, the one thing with Zeta is, yeah, I would watch two episodes a day, sometimes skip a couple days, watch a couple episodes, sometimes skip a couple days. And um, the same thing with Double Zeta. And, and Double Zeta, that would be hard to binge because that kind of suffers from sort of you know all that little stuff that goes on and and it's funny steven's bringing up a a time where in my discord server someone joined and how they're watching uc for the first time and in three days they'd finish a series and be like i didn't really like it why did this happen why did that and it's like well you didn't watch it you didn't take the time and i i crap you not i shit you not i can say that i'm a big boy um sometimes people uh, nowadays are are there's a there's got to be a term for side watching where you're like you're or active watch i don't know where you're on your phone doing something else yeah yeah you're like on your phone while it's in the background and you you will not take it in and you're doing yourself a disservice you you especially on a tomino show where there's these small little gestures and uh you know small little motions in the character acting that can that, that can give you a better idea idea of the tone of the exchange that's happening if you miss it, then, well, you you didn't get it. You didn't grab it. And I, I think one of my favorite examples of Tomino doing that is is a silly one, but it's when Quattro in his sunglasses, you see the reflection of Emma. But that's like drawing a reflection in an animation to convey something, I think, is a very strong way to go about something. Like, and uh, yeah, I think that's a good example right there. Oh, there, there, there's a, I mean, there's the, so I, I had traction on Twitter and a stupid Kotaku article written about something I posted once where oh. in Zeta there is a, a very awkward handshake between Camille and Armoro Ray. Um, and I made a, a shit post of it and it kind of got traction. <laughs> but uh, that's a that, that's the perfect example of a Tomonoism because it's, yeah. it's showing... Because the reason why Armoro cannot shake Camille's hand is because Beltorchica's on his side and he's not willing to push Beltorchica away to shake Camille's hand. And that that's what you should take from that exchange. That, that he's not that's willing a very to push good point. So, yes. I, I'm glad you brought that up because that is a very strong scene, really, when it's the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, good example. Yeah, you know what? If we ever come up with little things like that, we need to like post it on Twitter more often because <laughs> I, I love collecting that stuff because, well, and it reminds me of like how much I, I really like George Lucas for a lot of the things he comes up with. Like, I like how he talks about the droids being the the humor and not the main characters. of, And I think that's an interesting storytelling uh, thing that's you don't really it's not like being told that that's how they're doing it. But that's what's going on. That's how you can take the other character seriously in the world. Um, 
And then, yeah, tying back to, like, Haro being the R2, D2, you know, in a way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think, um, yeah, that's near the end of the show. I, I don't know if there's anything else to bring up. Uh, anything else you want to say, plug? Um, I am A underscore Mac underscore 0079 on Twitter, if Twitter still exists next week. Um. <laughs> <laughs> if not, you can find me other places, I guess, maybe. Well, the good news is you, you can only read 800 tweets a day, right? So that's like... You know, you can't binge Twitter the way that you can binge Gundam. <laughs> Pretty good point. I don't know who who actually needs to read 800 tweets a day. Honestly. Yeah. No. Like. Yeah. It's it's uh, not healthy. That, yeah, no. it's definitely not healthy. But if you're um, that there are some times where I get into conversations with people, not arguments, conversations. Okay. And you'd be There's surprised how quickly you go through 800 tweets going through response chains and stuff like that. They add up. They add up. I, I feel one day an older generation is going to look at Twitter the way we look at people that smoke cigarettes. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, what are you doing to yourself? <laughs> I think that with phones, too. Someone else, I'm not taking credit for that. Someone else said that one day. Um, I, think, uh, I think like the aging smoker, I will take my dignity, walk outside of your restaurant, and light one up. <laughs> hey, but you know what? Hey. There's there's always the case of the guy that's lived past 100 and he smokes every day. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, it's not a hard and fast rule. So, no. anyway. Well, yeah, that just about does it. Thanks for everyone in the chat. I know I didn't call out everyone's name today, but I really appreciate you guys being here. This has been a lot of fun. Having a guest like this has been awesome. Check out the links uh, below for all that stuff. I mean, it's more Gundam goodness and storytelling that everyone likes. So, um, yeah, until next time, see you all later. Bye.